The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your Drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. So, we do Drunk History, and even though I'm way ahead and we've got episodes almost to the end of the year, I, we did the episode with Skooks, and people loved it. So I was like, we gotta have more guest stars. And I was like, I gotta do Bounty Gate. So who do I get? I'm like, I gotta get the guy that wrote the, maybe the only book, but it's the best book on Bounty Gate, even if they have multiple ones, who chronicled it. Read Gilbert. You, he did Bread and Circuses. Go to Amazon, buy the book. He might not make any money, but if you want to know about Bounty Gate, read it. It's a good, it's a great book. I, I went through and read it again. So we're doing Bounty Gate on Saints Drunk History. And look, I am shit-faced. I needed to get shit-faced for this. But me and Reed, during the week, we like, you know, talk back and forth. We, we planned this out a couple weeks ago, right? We, we booked this day. And yeah, like two I was, weeks ago. Yeah, it took a while and, for it to come. I've been yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so, but I was like, I was like, I told Reed, I was like, I need time to like go back in your book and dive in and like make an outline because it's so much and wait i sent read an outline he's like i'll send it back to you and he tweeted out today he's like oh i forgot a bunch of stuff and read sent you sent me the email and there was like literally like six things about bounty gate that i had fucking forgot that are like epic major things it's, right and they're it's just so like throwaway much. events and yeah the, during the season so it's so much so we're gonna try to chronicle i did and and get it so and we're, we'll, we have the outline we'll, we'll go off track of course so we always start by the episode, what are you drinking, Reed? I'm drinking, I started out with cinnamon schnapps, then I went to Jack Daniels Honey, now I'm drinking tin cup bourbon on the rocks, which I cannot <laughs> recommend, I cannot recommend enough. Yeah, I mean, you're drinking like it's like week 14 of the 2015 season now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> right? Um, I'm drinking Stoli on the there rocks. You there you go. So, let's start, well, we could try to do it chronologically. We start Bounty Gate at the beginning, by Reed's book. He does a fantastic job. But it started on March 2nd, the news broke. I got it through La Conforna on Twitter. I was, I was at a wedding. I was, an, I was in a wedding, and I, like, before the wedding started, I saw it on my phone, and everybody was coming up to me like, what the fuck's going on with this Bounty Gate? And I was like, I don't know. It's, you know I'm at a wedding. I have to catch up later. But when it broke... And you had, like, a day or even a little bit of time to digest it. Were you like, the Saints are fucked? When, like, how fast did it hit you that the Saints were fucked? Uh, I was confused. I mean, I remember when it happened, uh, you know, Schefter had tweeted it out, like, in a series of tweets that were, like, really, like, pre-planned. They were kind of oh, deployed. God, we'll get to that in a second. I remember reading it, and it was just kind of confusing. I was like, what? And I remember the first thing I thought was, like, Okay, they're accusing the Saints of hurting people. I was like, that's like accusing the Browns of running up the score on other people. Like, yeah. what team have you been watching, <laughs> yes. right? The Saints, that wasn't the Saints team. So I was just really kind of confused, especially because they were making such a big big deal of it. 
Yeah, and I thought about it when I and my first thought was like, well, they'll they'll do something to the Saints, but in the eighties, man, Buddy Buddy uh, Buddy Ryan like reveled in the bounties and like took out kickers and called Jimmy Johnson fat, and it was like, yeah, uh, right. I was like, they're gonna fight it, but I have a theory uh, that you know, fake news is in politics, but I have a theory that Roger Goodell is the godfather of fake news, and as we get into that. It's a good theory. It's a good theory because here's the, here's my theory is Roger Goodell pre-packaged all of it. And the NFL media, they need their scoops, the Peter Kings, the Schefters, the whatever. So they don't push back. So when when Goodell rolled it all out of like, we got a, you know, we'll get into it. And he rolled it out. We got a ledger. We got video. We got uh, Vilma giving $10,000. Like all of it, the media was like, oh my God, it's all true. And like, None of it was actually accurate, but why do you think – why the Saints? Like, why the Saints? Because I believe there's a shit ton of teams doing this, and players even admit it. Why did the Saints get this fucking nuclear bomb dropped on them? Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty easy. There's a, there's a bunch of it. The first thing, we kind of set it aside. We maybe go back to it because everybody knows about it. It's a Viking thing. We just set that aside. So that, that was one of the big things. But but basically, like Goodell wanted to nail nail the Saints for years because of like a pattern of uh, recalcitrance or intransigence. They had done all kind of stuff to alienate Goodell. You know, Goodell's an authoritarian. They didn't respect him. They didn't respect his rule of law. Uh, they had Ornstein milling around the program. They fucked sure. them on Thursday night. Like they wouldn't do interviews. It was like all these yeah. like little things that the Saints did to like the me- media day at the Super Bowl. Oh. They showed up an hour late, and Peyton <laughs> has to be coaxed to go to the post game press conference. Right, uh. and he like talks about it in his book how he yeah. was you know not crisp, basically. So I mean, so that was one of the reasons. Then you know after the uh, after the NFC Championship game, Childress. 12 men in the huddle, Childress, goes and complains <laughs> to the league that the Saints had a bounty on Favre, right? Because he yeah. can't accept the fact that they lost because he's a sore loser. So he goes and complains to the league that the Saints have a bounty on Favre. We didn't forget the, about 12 men, Brad. We'll never forget about yeah, 12 men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can cry about bounties all he wants. And so, you know, they send the investigators to the Saints after the game, and the Saints just blow them off. They're all riding high from winning the Super Bowl, and the investigators go, so they blow them off. So, you know, there's that, and then, you know, the Cerullo thing when Cerullo emails him. So so basically the Saints had alienated Goodell, and he, like, really wanted to nail him. It's like the petty thief that you say, well, finally, we're just going to frame this guy for murder because we can't catch him. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into it. First of all, Mike Cirillo was a piece of shit. As just as just a not as don't forget about him as a person. I'm not going to he like <laughs> no, he would like lie to the Saints and be like yeah. my, my 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 mom died or something. And the Saints were like, "Oh, okay, cool. We get that." Like even though coaches have to work like 90 like 26 hours a day. You you had a family member die. We'll get the Benson Jed. We'll gas you up. You go home and 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 take care of your business. He's like, "No, no." Right. It's like he was like a total <laughs> lying piece of shit. Yeah, he had a brother-in-law who like died in Haiti. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was just a string of stuff. And the Saints fired him, right? They fire him right after the Super Bowl. And so, you know, he, he at least wants revenge because he says that <laughs> Did he know, get a, I hope he him. didn't get a ring. I hope he didn't get a ring. Please. He probably me. got a ring. Ah, damn. I mean, he was with, you know, but maybe not, but yeah, he probably got a ring. Joe Vitt eviscerated him. 
like in a. I, I wish I could find the sound. Joe Vitt just like crushed him. Of the <laughs> right, he literally he literally called him an idiot. Like, yeah. in the in the testimony and calls him a liar. He he went after him. They were but, they were enemies. But go through go through quickly the evidence that the because the NFL rolled it out like that Friday and then the next week they dropped like a bombshell like every single day of all these things they had that never came to pass. So like go through a there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A couple of them, like the NFL said they had, and the media reported it breathlessly, and it was just totally just, it never, like they didn't have it. Yeah, okay, so so first thing, you know, the NFL announces Bounty Gate on March 2nd. After two months, Ralph, they still haven't produced any evidence, right? They say they have evidence, but they haven't produced any, like, anywhere in the public. And so the NFLPA and fans and the players and even the media is like, where is the evidence? So finally they start leaking stuff out that they're just, like, literally probably just making up. <laughs> the, just, seriously, the, the most laughable one, and the one that's just so stupid is the ledger, the bounty ledger. You remember the bounty yeah. ledger? I do. Right. Like, like first, like, like we never saw the bounty ledger. They just nope. said the Saints had a ledger. Like, can we get like a screenshot at least? Let, let us see the ledger. As if the Saints were documenting this shit in QuickBooks or something. <laughs> yeah, and right? Then, and, they, and they also said like they, they, they named specific injury players and they never had the video. Like, my thing was if, the, if they'd have had the ledger and they'd have had like the Saints injured this player, like, You'd have seen that video on ESPN nine gabillion times. And gabillion is not a word, but you'd have seen it like and they they just and the thing is like like keep going, but like we'll we'll get to the pushback in a minute. But but other things that they said they had that they didn't. But yeah, just just one thing along your point right there. I mean, that's one of the, the the main, very simple ways, you know, Bounty Gate was bullshit. But if Bounty Gate was legitimate, the NFL would have like fifteen or twenty plays. Just, you know, highlights. Here's a Saints injury in this guy. Here's a Saints injury in this guy. Here's a Saints injury. They, you know, and on and on like that. They, they don't have that. They never showed us that because it never happened. It didn't exist. So they had to make up all of this, you know, all this nonsense. So the ledger, that was like the, the one thing that was just such a joke. Okay, so, so here's the deal. They leak this thing. They give it to Cole, Jason Cole, Yahoo, right? And Cole, he rolls up like he's goddamn Moses with the Ten Commandments. <laughs> like, boom, ledger, totally guilty. And, of course, the thing is just 
riddled with errors. The game in the bounty ledger, there was two games that they identified. The first one was the Bills game in 2009. There was four players hurt. Three of them played for the Bills defense, and one of them was an offensive tackle. So, so, so three of these guys at the NFL said the Saints carted off. The, the Saints defense didn't even play against them because yeah. they played on the Bills defense. So everybody like immediately debunks this, like literally, like us, like morons on Twitter and on the message boards, because you can go find the play-by-play. So the NFL leaked it. Everybody debunks it. And literally, before the night is like, over— No, but, but wait, but wait. I want to give the Yahoos and Saints Twitter credit. Like, they debunked <laughs> it at, yeah. like, warp speed. Like, Saints fans are like— Okay, we'll go to the Buffalo game. Go to the play-by-play. And literally, within an hour of it breaking, like Saints fans were like, no, no. Try again. It was was glorious. Yeah. I mean, that was a thing. It was like, is anybody in the NFL or just anybody in the media, they just remotely paying attention? Are you just doing like a very baseline amount of research into what's happening? Because it's very easy to refute. But, you know, so the, the NFL, they end up amending the bounty ledger that same night, before the yeah, end of the night. Like, oh they amend their report. They're like, oh, totally honest mistake, guys. Sorry. Oversight. <laughs> it was actually the Panthers game. But and then that turned out to be wrong, too. They, they later had to amend that. But, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, emblematic of the way the evidence was. They just kind of made this see, shit up and I threw it s- out there. I could see, like, Goodell yelling at an intern, like, fucking fix that ledger. <laughs> God damn it. And the intern's like, the intern's like, what, what are we going to do? Fucking spin the wheel. And they spin the wheel, and it lands on the Panthers game. And they're like, find an injury from the Panthers game. My fuck, it's a Panthers. It's a, def- it's a defensive player for the fans. It's, ah, fuck. Yeah, it, it was. They, they said it was the Panthers game in 2009. That's who they amended it to. And the dude that got hurt was Thomas Davis. <laughs> Backpedaling into coverage. That was, you know, that was one of the bounties. But then they changed it again after, you know. But, and you know, I wish we had like a, like the Saints, like the specific people that like debunked the 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 Bounty Gate stuff because it was so it was so, I remember like because I hadn't I got on Twitter like middle of like 2011 so I hadn't been on Twitter that long I remember just watching it and I was just like it was like this whole new thing I was like <laughs> like I was just like amazed that like all these Saints yeah. fans are like together and we have this community where sometimes we fight with each other but, but Saints yeah, commu- that's the but deal. Saints Twitter Saints Twitter mostly if you it's really if you compare it to like other fan bases it's really nice like Astros Twitter is kind of nasty so like <laughs> so the Saints Twitter's fun and I was like this is unbelievable yeah. I love 2012 so it was just, it, for me maybe maybe other people weren't blown away by it but I was like this is the coolest thing ever Saints fans yeah. are just they're just chopping Goodell's knees out from under him so it was amazing hey but here just along those lines Ralph you know uh angry who that his blog remember he 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 put up a blog post like refuting some stuff during Bounty Gate in Florio. Like Mike Florio literally was like citing it on Pro Football Talk. Side note, side note. The golden age of Saints bloggering is dead. Angry Hudat doesn't blog consistently. You don't. Juge is retired. Dave Cariello is right. Uh, Wang is retired. Yeah, well, all once, of us, once Wang hung it up, I mean, come all on. All of us down. I'm, the, I'm the only one that's consistently doing it now, and I am will frankly admit, I'm the worst writer of all you people. I just do it every week. That's my only thing is I'm consistent, but that's a side note. So that's anyway. a huge skill, man. That's hard to do. <laughs> if they go seven and nine again, I'm dead. I don't know what I'm going to do. But so, so yeah, it was, it was great. So they have all this stuff. So, so then, then, 
So let's get into the people that, that Mary Jo White, who you just in your book, I finally, <laughs> I finally got it back. You just tear her apart. Like, just go for five minutes. Just, just explain uh, yeah. to the people that don't as, know about her you know, as, and whatever. As, explain as, it. As they say, I'm going to explore the studio space. Yeah. Okay. You go. Okay. Ahead. So here's the deal. First of all, let's just clarify who Mary Jo White is, right? She's like U.S. District Attorney. She works at some big time law firm. Um. She she maybe is or she was the chairwoman of the SEC, like the Securities and Exchange yep, Commission. So you know she's some. So so at any rate, okay. So the NFL brings in Mary Jo White like a couple of months into the process, and she's there to be an independent, supposedly independent investigator and evaluator of the body of evidence that Goodell has collected. Right, Goodell's collected all this evidence. He hasn't shared it with anybody, so they bring her in to review it and to basically just tell the public, "Hey, it's all good." Right, and so she does it, and she just like, okay, she does a press, she does like a teleconference, and this is broadcast on eight seventy. Um, I remember listening to yeah. it, just broadcast on the radio, but she's like blatantly lying. Okay. So one of the main things that she just blatantly lies about is she says during her independent investigation that Hargrove, right, admits the existence of the bounty program. Well, yeah. And so he later. has a declaration that leaks where he like denies it says, you know, he repeatedly denies any, um, you know, program in place. So she's like directly just lying about what his testimony is. Right. And and it is there to kind of cover for Goodell. But 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 here's the infuriating thing about Mary Jo White. She's right there two months in when she comes in to to do the evidence is pawned off as this independent investigator. A couple of months later, when the Saints are in court with the NFL over this, she's lead their legal team. Right. She's a head fucking attorney. (laughs) Real independent. And and here's the thing that that drove me nuts is the media. The, the national NFL media and especially the local NOLA media, like never, they never pushed back on it. It was Twitter fans debunked stuff, but the media yeah. never took time. And and here's my thing with that. Uh, well, let's get to Joe Hummel first. He was the NFL lead investigator. He resigns one month into Bounty Gate. Explain him, and then I want to get to the media stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, Hummel, this is just a weird thing. This is just kind of a quizzical moment, right? So nobody knows who Joe Hummel is. Okay, well, Joe Hummel, nobody knows about him now probably, and nobody really knew about him during Bounty Gate. He was a director of investigations. He was the NFL's like lead investigator. So he's the guy who's leading up the Bounty Gate investigation. Well, nobody knows who this dude is, but about you know maybe uh, six weeks into Bounty Gate, he resigns from the NFL and leaves and goes and takes another job. And nobody would have known this, but the NFL, you know, does a news release on it. They buried the news release on a Friday afternoon, the same Friday <laughs> that is the second round of the NFL draft, right? They bury it. And so you read it and it's, you know, Jim Hummel, NFL's director of investigation, has resigned and left the league. And it was a really odd moment because this is the guy who supposedly had run the investigation yep. and had collected all the evidence. And Bounty Gate is like, a, you know, it's starting to gain steam and it's not looking good for the league because they haven't released any evidence. And all of a sudden this guy's gone. Mm. And it's another another one of those, you know, what the fuck moments where 
you know, you, you know something's <laughs> up and you don't know what it is. My first that was my first ever tweet that got a bunch of retweets. I tweeted out, "What the fuck is General Hummel doing?" And I tweeted <laughs> out a picture of the Ed Harris from The Rock, and I got like twenty retweets. I was like, "I love Twitter. Twitter's yeah, the right. best." That'll get you hooked on Twitter yeah, right I there. I'm a, I, I'm a di- five years later. I am still adi- I am still addicted to Twitter. Yeah, so man, I'm my, right there with you, Ralph. So here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. I we I I have a th- couple of theories, but the meat. The media never pushed back, which to me, I can't excuse the national media, but but Florio did push back. I give him credit. He did push back. That's who he made his name, man. The national media did not. The national media didn't, and the local media didn't either. They, the, the Times-Picayune ran an editorial bashing the Saints the week right after Browning. The The local media never pushed back, but I think in part that was because Reed... The, the players totally were like, fuck this. NFLPA, save our ass. This is why we have a union fight their ass. And the, the union did do a great job of that. But the coaches don't have a union. Mm-mm. And the Saints never really fought back. They didn't fight back with Goodell directly. And they didn't fight back even sort of like the back channel, sort of like the Patriots did, like leaking stuff to friendly media, yeah. or like in Deflategate, they leak stuff about it, and the, and the Patriots fought that way. The Saints didn't do any of that. So your theory, like, why do you think that was? Because I think- ownership, man. Owner. I mean, look at why the, the ownership. Look at why the Patriots fought back in Deflategate. It was Kraft. Kraft got up front and center and like led the charge. It was yeah. like, fuck you, Goodell, and put together all the stuff. You know, Benson. God love the guy, whatever. God hate the guy, whatever you think. He's 85. You know, He's yeah, 85. Well, I'm telling you. Rats I, ass, what's I'm going t- on? He's like, I'm do I tell- still have all my money? I'm That's all he cares you, about. I, I'm telling you this. Benson at 85 is too old to fight back. I'm telling you, 65-year-old Benson, 70-year-old Benson yeah, would have right. fought like a fucking motherfucker. He was a crazy. When he was younger, he did unbelievable. Yeah, stuff. right. Like he cared about people washing cars. He fired people left and right with the same. But now he's eighty-five. He doesn't. Yeah, fight I mean, back. He, doesn't, right, he doesn't give a shit. He's but like, I, I, think, I think seven Benson, billion. I'm cool. Yeah, but I think Benson at like sixty-five, he'd have fought Goodell tooth and nail. He'd have been mm-hmm. like, "Look, dude, my coach that just won a Super Bowl, you're suspending him. I'm going to the wall with him." And I think Benson, like, God love him, he's just old now. You know? Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, that's a thing. The Saints got like waylaid right mm-hmm. they got and somebody has to stand up and like fight back and it couldn't be Peyton and no, you know he was an no, ownership thing no, that's why Peyton and Peyton Loomis man it's like if me and you were gonna do a TED talk we could do like our reason like the why the coaches and executives in the NFL need a union Bounty Gate would yeah. be like one percent yeah. of our PowerPoint side, because I'm telling you, Goodell was told told, told Peyton. I believe this a hundred percent. He told Peyton and Loomis, "Look, you don't say a fucking word, or I'll end you." Yeah, and, and yeah Peyton a, by the balls for sure. And, and they didn't have a they didn't have a you. I mean, you know, and, and 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 I give this to Peyton is if you listen to Peyton in interviews now, he told Dan Patrick, he's like. You don't get over losing eight million dollars a year. Yeah. Like Peyton ain't it. He's not over that. And people yeah. that are, are a certain age, you know, air the movie Airplane, which I love, is you don't get over Macho Grande. Like, <laughs> like, like, like Peyton's never getting over. Yeah, like right. Peyton's never getting over it. But like, here's the thing: is like the research 
and, and this is what killed me about the national media. Like in 2009, 2010, 2011, the numbers are striking. Like the Saints didn't injure any, any fucking body. Yeah. And right. the national media didn't say dick about it. And it just drove me crazy. Yeah, they, they injured, you know, there was a study, right? The American Enterprise Institute, yep. which is like, you know, that's like a conservative kind of think tank mm. kind of group whose yep. national inclination it is to side with big business or side yep. with corporation. Like they would normally, you think they would side with the NFL. So they did a study of the injury data and I read it before we got on the phone. Yep. I read it. It said the, the data driven answer is a resounding no as to whether the Saints injured more players than anybody else. In fact, during those three seasons that the NFL accused them of having a bounty program, they injured the fewest players except for the Chargers, right? So you were about the least likely to get hurt if you played on, <laughs> against the Saints during that time, and yet the NFL accused them of having, this is their word, their bullshit word, pervasive <laughs> bounty system for three seasons right. where they never injured anybody. All right, we got to talk about we got to talk about Pamphlin. Pamphlon. Oh Christ! Which on we did a podcast episode where we we had his cell phone and we called it and we left a <laughs> voice, voicemail, which I think that was I think that was the first podcast we ever did that had over like two thousand people listen, which we were like we are getting places. People. So 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 Pamphlon releases the video the the tape of like Greg Williams just being nutso. Um, right. in the 2011 playoff game. But only like the, the defense was fucking terrible in the 2011 yeah. playoff game. Oh, and I mean, let me think about Pamphlet. I mean, you know, you gotta be a real asshole to try to screw over Steve Gleason. Yeah. Especially after Gleason has like paid this guy put his family around and yeah. been vulnerable to him. Let this guy tape every moment of his life, giving this guy access he could all he could never dream of. Gleason legally owns owns the rights to that footage. He asked Pamphlon not to release it, and Pamphlon still does like a total chump. Yeah, and I will say this, and this is one thing I loved about the Saints, and and that was a really bad time for Sean Payton and <laughs> Loomis, and it was no, it was, and that could be a time where like you're like I'm out eight million dollars, I'm suspended for a fucking year, and they could have lashed out at Gleason just and then apologized later. But they were like, this isn't They know, and I, no. I, that's one thing, like, I, and, you know, but, Pam, like, Pamphlon, like, I am so glad that that moment, like, didn't make him and he never became anything. Like, that made me so happy. Yeah, that's what he did. I mean, and look, look, there's no denying that, like, what Greg Williams said did not sound good. No, it, it was, did. like, it was really bad. But but this is, these are the, and this is kind of like, um, this is microcosm of Bounty Gate a little bit. Like, you listen to what he said before that game. That was before the Niners playoff game that ended the Saints dynasty in 2000, early 2012. Um, not the dynasty, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, he gave that speech before the game. And then in the game, the Saints weren't penalized once. So, you know, he's telling them, you know, kill the head, take out Crabtree's ACL, hey, or whatever else he's telling them. And they don't yeah. even hurt anybody. The only motherfucker that got killed in that game was poor Pierre Thomas. I know. I you know? know Pierre course. Thomas, I think, was dead in that game. Right. So, That's literal kill the head. So, look, Bounty Gate, it sounds miserable. But there was a lot of fun things in Bounty Gate. And I want to sure. get to. I want to get to my probably, probably this is my second favorite thing. Or wait, maybe one of my favorite things is Jonathan Vilma and his attorney were just unbelievable. Like I loved it every time I saw Vilma and his attorney on the air. Explain to the people who maybe don't remember. It's a little foggy. How awesome they were. Yeah. So, so this is kind of the way I look at it. 
this is like Vilma. This is like Vilma Scarface, right? Vilma's like Scarface. Say hello <laughs> to my little friend. Is Ginsburg? Ginsburg's his attorney, right? So, 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 so the other players, you know, everybody's accused, right? It's Vilma. It's Will Smith. R.I.P. Will. Um, Fujita and Hargrove, right? They're the ones that are accused. Well, Will uh, Will Smith, Fujita, and Hargrove—they're represented by the union attorneys. Vilma goes and gets outside counsel, so he goes and gets Ginsburg, and Ginsburg's like, you know, kind of big-time defense attorney, and he's battled the NFL. I don't know if he's a defense attorney, whatever he is. He's battled the NFL a bunch, so he's got a Ginsburg's with him, attorney. You want? Let me yeah, tell he's you like that. totally not afraid of Goodell, and like every time he'd have a press conference, it was beautiful because everything, right, Ralph? You know, we're consuming the news during Bounty Gate. It's yeah. all just like bad shit. We're just getting yeah. shelled every day, and so like once in a blue moon, Ginsburg would show up into a press conference and like just just blister Goodell, calling him an asshole, and you know, <laughs> saying he's violating the CBA and everything else. And it was like I, I wrote this to you this morning. It's like a little oasis in the desert. It like, was. Yes. Just give me like two minutes of Ginsburg. And that's bite. the thing. That's the thing that gave me confidence that like maybe it was gonna work out in the same yeah, favor. Because exactly. Vilma, Vilma, like never fucking relented. He's like tenth up. Didn't happen. Ledger didn't happen. Like Vilma yep. never. Yep. Gave an inch, and I was like, I was like, dude, if he won't give an inch, right? Maybe there's like light at this end, end of this tunnel, man. You know, and he like he ne- like and and he never relented. We'll get to Tagliabue bailing out in a second, but the other fun thing, look, 2012 was a was a fucking mess. I mean, the Saints had Cromer, and they had Vit. But the one interesting thing was, man, if you could go back in history and they asked, you know, Sean Payton was like, I want Bill Parcells to be the interim coach. And Bill Parcells thought about it. But I think the main thing with Bill Parcells was if he would have taken the job, it would have set, it would have reset his Hall of Fame clock. Yeah. And he's not in the best health, let's be honest. So I think that's the main reason he did it. But man, read. If Bill Parcells would have been the Saints interim coach for 2012, that would have been amazing. Oh, that would have I, been amazingly fun, no question. Because I, you know, Parcells, he's also smart. He's like, I'm not walking into this fucking train wreck at my age. Yeah, he's like, he, but the thing is, like, if he had done it, I think he would have like taken like Spags like ran the defense and it was a train wreck and Spags couldn't yeah. fix it. I think Bill Parcells uh, would have been like, I'm gonna fix it, and yeah. maybe they'd have flipped it to nine and seven. Maybe sure. they'd have made the playoffs, but but like just. Bill Parcells is amazing. Like Bill Parcells' press conferences are amazing. I remember when I when I worked for, for Buddy D and I was producing. Like I would sit in at for like they played the Cowboys in '04, and we got to sit in the the, the press conference where you do it over the phone with Bill Parcells. And I remember he was just like like telling media stupid questions, and I asked him like, <laughs> like and I, I was scared to death, but I asked him like a turnover question. And I was like, you are like, like you Cowboys, you're like minus eight in turnovers. Like, why is that? Like, why is that? You've been so good. Why is that? And he's like, that's a really good question. I was like, yeah. But he was like, and he threw out a stat. He's like, if you turn over the ball one more time than you're, you're, the team you're playing, you lose 75% of the time. And Bill Parsons is just so smart, and he just has no time for, like, dumb questions. And I feel yeah. like him dealing with the New Orleans media would have been just like, it would have been like made 2012 like 30 percent better. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, it would have been amazing. There's no but, question. I mean, he just even that he considered it was pretty interesting. But then, like, then it gets like 
shit got crazy. Like then the wire. Like I don't remember when it was, but they had like the wiretapping scandal. Like John Barr was like outside the line. It's like Mickey Loomis is wiretapping and listening to other coaches, the opposing team, and the Saints like went fucking full bore. Yeah, and, like, I mean, shut- I mean, I mean, the allegations and the wiretapping were like from like 2002 or 2004 or something, like way back when. I mean, it, ESPN was just trying to generate a story, yeah. right? They were just like, here, let's, let's get a documentary on something. And it was total, you know, it was total crap. Yeah, the Saints like fought back. And like, that the- was the one thing they really fought back on like they did. With yeah, and here's the thing though, like if ESPN like did like five seconds of research, like Mickey Loomis is not an X's and O guy. Like I, I literally believe like, a, like Andrew Juge who does our podcast. I believe he knows more X's and O's than Mickey Loomis. Mickey Loomis is a fucking <laughs> Mickey Loomis is a cap guy and yeah, delegates. Right. Like Mickey Loomis, if he was listening to the fucking opposing team, he wouldn't know what it was. Like no, I mean, he, he's yeah, not. And- you know. And like that was that was another moment where like yeah, like any moment you got to stick it to Goodell, we loved it. Like in 2012, because it was just a shit show. Yeah, and it was rare that it happened. It was so rare. And, and the funny thing with 2000, like with all the Bounty Gate stuff, was like the Saints had this like hugely important off season of like Breeze not having a contract, and they signed like a shit ton of people. They signed like four linebackers. And they did Breeze, and they had Bounty Gates swirling around them. Like, it was like people forget how, like, cr- insane that yeah. offseason was. Right. And I mean, Breeze, I mean, look, Tom Condon was probably giggling his ass off, right? Oh That's God. Breeze's agent, I think, right? Because now the Saints are in freaking chaos. Peyton's gone. <laughs> Loomis is about to be banished, and the Saints have probably been playing hardball with Condon for years. Won't renegotiate Breeze's contract. Now Breeze just had a historic season. The Saints are fucked, and Breeze is holding out. I know. Condon's like, I got you by the fucking ball. And they win the franchise tag ruling that Breeze yeah, does. It's right. Just... And, and that's a big thing for the union. That's a big thing for other players because the franchise tag thing was like, okay, you, you can only be tagged so many times under the CBA. But, but it wasn't clear whether that was by over the course of your career or whether it was by just individual teams. Yeah. So they had to clarify that because Breeze had already been tagged by the Chargers. So at any rate, that was a big thing. I mean that was something that would have maybe garnered um, some press in an otherwise normal year that Breeze did that <laughs> on the way to getting at the time – was the biggest contract in NFL history, right? And that's just like a throwaway event again yeah, in the offseason like, while everything else is going on. It, it, it's crazy. And the thing is, the Saints, the Saints, the funny thing was going into the offseason, like everybody was wrong. Like fans and media, everybody was like, the Saints have got to do Breeze first and then everybody else after that. The Saints did it the opposite way. They mm-hmm. re-signed, they re-signed Colston. They let Knicks leave. They got grubbed. Mm-hmm. And then they signed they signed Curtis Lofton, Chamberlain who ended up uh, not pl- not playing at all. Yeah. He like blew out his knee and yeah, right. um, Hawthorne who ended up Hawthorne. being t- like the Saints like signed like a ton of linebackers to fix the linebacker court and none of it worked. None of it <laughs> right. none of it none of it worked. Right. But, right. It, it generated the worst defense of all time at yeah. the time. And, and look, this is what this is what drives me nuts about certain not Saints bloggers because I feel like Saints bloggers will admit will we'll, we'll admit and, and writers I will too like we'll admit when we're wrong like that 
drives oh, me like yeah, that drives like, me nuts about Pelican bloggers. They like d- deny like they they're like oh I didn't like Gentry. I'm like yeah I saw the tweets and the articles. I'm like we Saints fans were pumped about Spags. Dude, Let's not even whole, pretend. The whole point of being a blogger is so you can be wrong without consequence. Yes. If you're in the fucking media and you report shit and you're wrong, then there's some consequence to that. If you're a blogger, but you can no. be wrong and there's no consequence. Who gives a shit? It's a dumb fucking blog. And people, I, it drives me crazy that people don't have that like realization. These guys are like oh no. We're totally I, right. Everybody I else was, is wrong. I was pumped about Spags. I wrote 900 words on WWL how the Saints could have the best <laughs> defense they've ever had in the short Peyton era. It's there. Yeah, it, we it, all it, thought you that. Could, you could Google it, except Channel 4 took off a bunch of articles, like old content. So you can't find it. But I'll admit, it's there. I love the Spags hire, and it was a fucking disaster. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. We were all like that. So 2000, and the thing is, like, 2012, like, and then, like, in all the chaos, Benson buys the Pelicans for, yeah, like, right. a, for like, a discount where, like, he bought them. Yeah. Like, now yeah, they're worth, like, Schwest. three. Like, it's three. good that that sale fell through. Yeah. The, the Pelicans are worth, like, three times what he bought them for. Like, Benson, like, that motherfucker has lived a charm. Like, he bought the Saints for $65 million. They're worth, like, $2 billion. He bought the Pelicans for, like, $400 yeah. million. They're, The Pelicans, like, if... if uh, was like at a police auction. You get the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah. If, if, uh, if Benson decided to sell the Pelicans, he could buy them... Uh, um, for he could sell them to Seattle for like um, two hundred million dollars. It wouldn't even be uh, an issue. As my computer's about to die, and I realize that it's not plugged in, but we're good. So <laughs> that's, how, that's how drunk I am. I'm, I'm like in panic. I'm like, oh my god, my computer's about to die. So, but yeah. So like, Benson is the and, and like the state guaranteed the loans for Benson in 1985. Like Benson is the luckiest motherfucker on yeah, earth. Yeah, this is all pure profit. It is. So, so all that happens, but but probably the thing that made 2012 like just. Even tolerable, like the Saints got they got to five and five, and you had like a, a glimmer of hope that they were gonna. But they never did. Like Joe Vitt, for me personally, his post game and his Monday press conferences were just. <laughs> it was comedy gold. Like oh, yeah. it was magical. And, and I mean, you know, Vet, this is the beautiful thing about Vet taking over. Like, one, he's the interim coach, but this is how much they wanted him to be the coach, right? They put Cromer <laughs> in to coach the first, the, the interim, interim coach. You're like, no, yeah. no, we got to have Vet. We got to have Vet. We got to have Vet. We got to have the interim, interim. And they're like, like, think of that. The Saints had an interim, interim coach yeah. in 2012. And people, like, that and, was a t- like, like, that was an actual title. Yeah, and it was, like, people were like, eh. Like, it wasn't a big thing. Like, it's, yeah. fu- like, say it out loud, the interim, interim. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, and I mean, I told you, you know, the bounty gate that broke Cromer. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we basically never heard from Cromer again. He went off and did some offensive <laughs> coaching. Didn't he get arrested for like he did. Be- he got arrested. Up kids on the beach beating or something. Up kid, uh, beating up kids on the beach. Like not yeah. as bad as Junior, where like he didn't take a belt to a woman, but <laughs> it was pretty bad. So yeah, like, poor poor guy. His bounty gate got him, man. <laughs> bounty gate. Right. We'll get into that in a little bit. But like Vit was so phenomenal. Like because Vit, like it wasn't that he didn't give a fuck. He just like. He just like told it like it was. He's like, like I can remember him 
like after they fell to like five and seven, he's like, "We're a soft football team. Like when shit goes wrong, we just we just can't recover." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like no coach says that on a Monday. But yeah, and, and I did a column for WWL, and they let me. I can't. Be, they never let me run this now, but they let me run it where I was like, Joe Vitt. When he does a press conference, I imagine him coming out in a wife beater with a cigarette in one hand and a scotch in another <laughs> and just telling it like it is. And, and like, they let that run. And, but but now, now they would never let that run. But ne- then back then they let it run. I was like, I can't believe I got that joke in. And I was, yeah, so, I mean, I was so happy. But Vin was fun. Like, Vin yeah, made it he's so always great. channeling his inner Pesci. I mean, that's his, you know, that's kind of his uh, – that that that's his, always his approach anyway in the in the media. I remember it was after the I think it was the, the Broncos game that year. We played the Broncos on the road and they crushed us. I think. Yeah, they did. And it was like I mean they destroyed us. I think it was a Monday night game, maybe I don't know. But I remember they just destroyed us. And then uh, in vet after that game in the press conference was just like <laughs> just laying it all on the team. It was beautiful. He's like, yeah, our secondary's terrible. Corey White, I don't know what he, I don't know what he was, what was he doing? He's like, I don't know, I don't know what he was doing. Like it was like it was like, thank you, Joe Vitt, because we didn't know what he was doing, and you're just confirming it for us. Like you, you're the best. Like I feel like Joe Vitt, he really needed to come out and like. Like, go up to, like, Jeff Duncan and, like, light my cigarette, Jeff. And then, like, take a long drag and be like, this fucking He tried thing. to – He remember – he remember I won't, you might remember this. I can barely remember it right now. But <laughs> he accused – did he accuse Duncan of, like uh, – remember he accused Duncan right around Bounty Gate? Something with the draft, like draft picks being leaked either to Duncan or from Duncan. You remember yeah, he did. About? I remember that. Like, he's like, you knew the picks. Uh, like and it, but it, but and fans are like fans are like fuck fuck Duncan because like we don't like Duncan you know um but it was like like Joe Vitt like but the thing is with Joe Vitt like I can't feel that bad for him because at the end like he was a terrible linebacker coach. he was terrible he was a terrible linebacker coach yeah so right he's like Peyton's consigliere man <laughs> he's a right hand man he's not there for X's and O's he's there for fucking muscle. So, like, the only highlight, I think, of 2012, the only thing I remember as far as, like, game-wise is Drew Brees' touchdown record. He broke the streak, and then it ended, and it's Atlanta on it. Yeah, right. Do you remember anything about 2012 besides that? I Like, the games, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I remember a lot of the games, but I definitely remember that. I definitely, I remember he broke it. He threw the touchdown pass to Devery. <laughs> You know, Devery caught that touchdown, and Devery had caught, like, the most famous college touchdown pass and the you know, the, the bluegrass miracle, right? That's like the most famous, like, Louisiana college football catch. And then probably, you know, one of the the Saints, you know, most famous catches was him catching Breeze, breaking Unitas' record. But, yeah, then then he lost the record against the Falcons. And I remember they scored a t- we scored a touchdown in that game, like, at the end of the first half, I think, where he threw the touchdown. They got called back, maybe? Yeah, and then um, they, like, botched the clock at the end, and you're like – and that, yeah. was the, that was the moment where they were, like, five and six and still kind of yeah. in play. And you're like, yeah, that would never happen yeah. if Peyton was here. Like, right, that was, a Thursday, that was a Thursday night yeah, game, Yeah, they, like, they botched the clock. You're like, yeah, that's – that's yeah, we really miss Sean Peyton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that year was just – I mean – it was it was it was pain it, it was painful because I that that offense for the Saints was really sneaky good and oh, yeah. they and they just like their defense like I remember 
Like the only thing I remember about the game is I I'd I'd flown in for the for the Panthers game where they they had a chance to get to eight and eight and the Panthers just housed. Yeah, them. right. That was and the last end, game of the season. And we're walking out, and I'm like, and we're and me and my mom are arguing about the defense, and and I'm like, can't get, <laughs> they, they can't get rid of Spag. They can't get rid of him after one year. They can't just change up the whole defense. She's like, they're terrible. They didn't get any better. She's like, do you remember the Washington game where they got roasted by the rookie quarterback? And this is the last game. I don't see any difference. They need to fire that guy. And I was like, they're not going to fire. And they, they did. They, we, we, need to get, we need to get your mom a job <laughs> in the same office. My mom cares about two things. Third downs on defense if you can't get off the field. And tackling. That's all she can like. If you can't get off the field on third down and you can't tackle, she thinks you're terrible. But the thing is, that's like, pretty high football IQ. That's I pretty, like there. all the advanced. She's like, fuck those advanced stats. Can you stop them on third down? And it's yeah. brilliant. But like, and I was like, there's no way they're firing Spags. And like two weeks later, they fired him. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> but, was just a disaster. So, so Bounty Gate. In, in all of it, like it's a mess, and the media is just cheerleading Tagliabue, and it's all fun, um, or or Goodell, and like Tagliabue, explain it to people, like Paul Tagliabue, and you know I'm drunk because I've said like about 500 times, but Tagliabue <laughs> comes in and just cleans it up for Goodell, but in a way exonerates everything. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, man. Like, it, 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 Goodell had finally boned this thing so bad. You know, the NFL owners were like, His "All right, guys, just like just call in, call in Tagliabue and let him clean it up." Right? <laughs> so, so, but Tagliabue comes in, and I mean, here's the thing. Let, let's first remember, Tagliabue is a fucking company man, right? He works for a law firm that represents the NFL. He's a former commissioner. Yep. He's a company man, so he's there to do something that's favorable to the NFL. He comes in, he reviews all the body of evidence, he interviews all the relevant people, hears all their testimony, and you know what he does? He's like, eh, this is bullshit. You guys are free to go. <laughs> Doesn't hold him responsible for anything when in virtually any other scenario where if he had any other sort of inkling that this may have been legitimate, he would have punished them for something. But he was like, I'm not putting my name behind this bullshit. And not only does he not do it, he fucking chastises Goodell in his ruling, right? He's like, if you want to change the culture, this is not how you do it, no nuts. Yeah, and he said he cited, like, things from the 80s and 90s yeah. where, like, the NFL, like, yeah, they found actual bounties and only found fined players and teams, like, 10 grand. Yeah, exactly. There was two of them in, in like 2007 and 2008 is what it was. They find the Packers and the Patriots twenty five thousand dollars each. I think in 2007 and 2008 for having paper yep. for for performance systems, which is exactly what the fucking Saints had. Not a goddamn bounty system. <laughs> and 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 that's the thing. The thing that's the thing that drives me nuts is that. The national media, like, I feel like that's like a New York Times article, and like it's a correction at the bottom. It's like, yeah, exactly <laughs> who avoided it yeah. all. Yeah, you're right. And, but it was a precursor to Goodell being incompetent about investigations. Like he couldn't run Ray Rice well. He couldn't yeah. run the flag. And here's the thing that drove me nuts: is like, Patriot fans and Saints fans should be bonded in brotherhood of Goodell fucking us over, but. Patriot fans are such assholes that they're like, "Well, we didn't, we didn't, do, we didn't, we didn't do 
bounty gate. We didn't we didn't injure people. Like neither did we, motherfucker. Yeah. We didn't do any of that. Any you we could just bond and agree that Goodell is an asshole. But no, you want to hang bounties that never happened over us. So yeah, I mean that right. That's that's nonsense. But I mean Goodell, he did it before Bounty Gate because Spygate was yep. all you know. Regardless of what you think about scout about Spygate, the, the way that he handled it was just absurd, right? He like destroys all the tapes. Yeah, and, the, the, like, and the media like the media never right, questioned they, him. It's like you destroyed they, the tapes. That's you, a big you, fucking deal. You're like Nixon in Watergate. If Nixon had walked to the Supreme Court building and like started a bonfire. Yeah, and you were like, "It's cool, it's cool." No, we we trust them. It's like I'm like, I'm like I, but I get I get it in the sense of I would respect the media more, Reed, if they would just be like, "Look, we need our scoops to pay our mortgage." And yeah, not, right. And we're not fucking that up. I'd respect Schefter and King more if they would just say that. Like, I need yeah. my scoops, and I can't I can't poke the bear. I'd be like, "Okay, I get it." Don't tell me that like you're you're Woodward and Bernstein over this. Like just I don't want to I don't want to hear it. You know, and that that's what drove me nuts about Bounty Gate. I just I wanted the media to either admit they were NFL lackeys or do their job, and they wanted to have like both. They wanted to be NFL lackey and pretend like they were they were investigating when they weren't. They weren't. They were just taking. Yeah, the- I'm giving these. I mean, most of these guys are part, basically part of the NFL's marketing arm. You know, yep. the media is their title, but they they are to, you know, report the news that the NFL feeds them. So the <laughs> NFL is the source of the news. They can feed them anything they fucking want, and these guys are just going to report it. And there's not going to be any sort of looking any deeper into it. Somebody feeds me information, and I parrot it out to whoever is <laughs> listening to me, and that's all that it is. And so you know, these guys aren't even really media. They're you know, they're spokespeople for the NFL is what they are. And it just, it just drove me, and that was when I got, like, mad. It just drove me nuts because I, like, I just, I felt like what the NFL did to the Saints, like, I get that they wanted to send a message or whatever, and, and Goodell wanted to be tough on concussion and violence and all that bullshit. But that, like, for Peyton to lose a year and for two second-round picks, like, and Loomis to get suspended for eight games, like, it was total bullshit. And nobody except for Florio called the NFL for what it was. And, like, like that was it. Like, nobody else. Yeah. Not, not Silver, not King, not Schefter, not Ed Werder, who I really like. Like, None of them. Yeah, none of them. I mean, Dan Lebitard kind of did a little bit. Yeah. Simmons did a little bit. Bill Simmons just calling out the NFL's hypocrisy on it. But yeah, I mean, Florio was the only person who you know continually reported on it and just had some objectivity. Said this is what the NFL said, and this stuff is all wrong, and here's why it's <laughs> wrong. And I mean, you know, that's not bias. It's just basic objective fact well and nobody did that other than him well the thing for florio too he's a lawyer so that that yeah. really helped so and sure. another so so at the end of bounty game as we sort of get like I, I i mean i wrote a column like on the monday or tuesday after it broke and i was like this is bad this is going to wreck the saints we the saints as we know them after 2011 are done and i I really felt that, and people mocked me, and I was like one of the three things I've gotten right. Like, yeah, what do you? Pretty but, much true. But I mean, like, how do you like? How much did Bounty Gate do you think wreck them, or was it just 
a sense of Sean Payton doesn't really know defense. He's an offensive genius, but he doesn't know defense, so it would have happened anyway. Like, how do you when when you look back, how much does Bounty Gate factor into all the seven and nine? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it has. I, I think it has a relatively uh, meaningful impact. I mean, like, I agree with what you said. You know, part of you know is it Bounty Gate or is it Peyton's inability to manage a defense and the Saints' inability to run a roster? Definitely, that's part of it too. But Bounty Gate sort of just exacerbated that natural tendency. Like, had the Saints been in place in 2012, they were still a championship contender, and they probably could have had like one more, like a really good year left, kind of like they did yeah. in 2011. But that process was going to start anyway. It just started prematurely because of Bounty Gate. Um, you know, you lose a year. The NFL's fragile, man. Things change really fast year to year. And yeah. so you remember the end of 2011, man. That Saints team was a fucking juggernaut, man. They were so good, and they, they would have been good again in 2012 with Peyton, you know, maybe they wouldn't have been as good and maybe the defense would have started showing, showing signs of, you know, just being God awful bad. Um, but, but I think they still would have been competitive But that thing, you know, that process that we've seen play out over the last three seasons, that was coming no matter what. Yeah. I mean, look, the bad drafts coming, but I mean that, that 2011 team, I mean, they scored 42, 45, you know, 45 and 45 in their last four games before the playoff game against San Francisco. If you want to go back, yeah. if you want to go back on the Monday night game, they scored 49, 31, 22, 42, 45, 45, 45, 32. I mean, that team was, a, <laughs> I mean, and, and people are, you know, people argue with me on Twitter is like, I'm like, I would give a, ki-. I'm like, I joke, I was like, I would give a kidney for one last 2011. They're I like, know, man. They're I mean, like, that was an amazing season. They're like, 2011 ended terrible with Vernon Davis. I'm like, yeah, it ended terrible. Right, but, but, but Jesus Christ, those 17 regular yeah, season right, weeks were unbelievable. Right. That's a top five all-time season. I mean, it was like they were they were down to the Texans. They were down two scores in the fourth quarter. They won 40 to 33. And yeah. like at the end of it, you were like, they're winning. Like that offense was a it was the Death Star, man. And, oh, and, I know. and look, and look, every sport, if unless you win. Your season ends badly unless you win a world championship. The rest of it, I mean, it's so hard, you know. And the bounty gate, the thing that I always, and this may be me, is that I'm, I'm, my my wife calls me a softy, but I guess it's because I have cerebral palsy and I walk with a limp and I only have one guard arm. I'm like, I have this like weird. I feel bad for people. The thing is, I always think about bounty gate. The thing that pops in my head first is poor Anthony Hargrove. Yeah, that man, poor man. Bone. That poor, that poor man. He had revitalized his career with the Saints in 2009 and was great and was one of the forgotten people in that Super Bowl team, let me tell you. He got totally fucking... His career was done because yeah. of how many... Sean Payton is fine. Vilma is fine. Fujita is fine. Loomis is fine. Hargrove was... His career was destroyed. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, he's the only player that the investigators actually interviewed. So you know, remember the NFL was like, yep. you know, we did all this extensive multi- multiple, you know, independent sources and all these interviews and all this stuff. He was the only player that they interviewed. And, and they identified him, right? Because Hargrove had twice been uh, suspended for uh, substance abuse policy, right? Yep. So he was on his like third strike. Yep. And they got him and they tried to lean on him. And that, and that was the thing with Mary Jo White, where she says, oh yeah, he admitted to all this stuff when he didn't. And they continually lied about him because they had all the leverage on him. And yeah. they're like, 
and, and even if you went along with, you know, you know, if you don't go along with it, basically your career's over. And basically that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, so that's, I mean, and that's weird. I just, I think of Hargrove all the time. Like everybody else, look, granted, yeah. they lost years and money, but, but Hargrove yeah. got screwed over mm. the most. And sure. Just, like the thing is to me is I look at the, like, I don't know. I guess for me, Bounty Gate, I feel like, I feel like it, it, I don't know what they would have been. I feel like when I feel like the golden age of Saints football, if we're honest, it ended when Shane Graham kicked that field goal in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and they won the road playoff game. Like, yeah. and people will say, "Oh, it ended in Seattle." Gatorade and Popeyes, bitch. Yeah, you know, people will say, "Oh, it, it ended when Colston threw the pass." Well, I like to, I like to be on the, I like to be optimistic and my memories be positive. Like that's when the Saints' golden age ended. Maybe. Maybe they can revitalize it with, uh, you know, resuscitate it or whatever this year. I don't know. But yeah, to me, like, but, I, right. you know, I just, it's so, it's, I mean, and to me, like, the media, they they sort of got wise to Goodell. A lot of people have, like, Le, like you said, Lebetard and Simmons. But I feel like Goodell is, like, he is... I get why he makes like thirty, forty million dollars a year because anything that goes bad with the NFL, they don't blame the owners; they blame him. Yeah, he's a hatchet man in the <laughs> field. But I just feel like he is so awful at his job. And I, 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 I do you think? Do you think history will will be kinder to the Saints and Bounty Gate, or or will it be like a like a a gold star for Goodell because I don't know I don't know what it's going to be. Ah, uh, I mean, I would say honestly, I would probably I don't think it would be you, you could say it would be a gold star for Goodell just because I don't think based on his body of performance <laughs> that anybody would give him credit for anything like that. But, but I still do think the Saints will be looked upon maybe negatively or you know wrongly about what happened during Bounty Gate. I don't think you know people or the league will generally absolve them. I mean, some of these guys they still stick to it. Duncan and Peter King and a lot of these guys they still stick into the story, right? You know, they still believe that the Saints were you know targeting and injuring players. And I mean, here's an important thing to remember with with Bounty Gate, Ralph. I mean, this is the main fucking thing. The NFL <laughs> punished the Saints for conduct detrimental to the league. That is an off-field transgression. Right? They never punished anybody on the Saints team for anything that related to on-field play. If the Saints were injuring players, they would have been fucking punished for that. But they weren't injuring players, so they couldn't be punished for that. Exactly. So the NFL suspended them for conduct detrimental, which is an off-field violation. No. That's how you know that simple fact right there is how you know that Bounty Gate was a bunch of horse shit. Yeah, and the thing is, is is the only thing the NFL did right was they 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 rolled it out like a steam train. But they but the NFL like that's built in. Like I feel like me or you could have done that because the me that like the NFL is 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 set up like that. Their TV partners, their media partners, like it was looking back at it like it was it it was like it was like kicking an extra point for the NFL. Yeah, yeah, um, it worked like know. a charm for them. <laughs> so. Uh, I am completely shit faced, and I'm looking at this. I'm glad it recorded, you know. And and here's the thing, like with Bounty Gate, it, it, I guess to me, I, I so want the Saints to, if they could just have one more run at it. And the thing is, 
Bounty, I think Bounty Gate, whether Sean Payton wins again with the Saints, maybe, or wins somewhere else, like, I think that is keeping, like, he's never getting in the Hall of Fame. Like, he could, like, no. literally, I mean, like, he'd have to do something spectacular in the second half of his career to overcome that. Yeah, and I think that's shame. The good thing is, like, Drew Brees, it won't affect, but, but, like, I think Bounty Gate is a bunch, like you said, it's a bunch, it's, and the thing is, like, people don't want to hear, like, Peter Kings, and they don't want to hear that, but, I just, man, this has been, this has been remarkable, it's been remarkable, but, uh, but at the end of it, I'm like, ang- like in the middle of it, I was excited and happy, but now I'm like angry, like I remember, <laughs> like I want to like, I want to like punch Goodell in the balls, like it just, like it feel, I feel like the more I think about it, like it, like 2012, it should have been another playoff fun season for the Saints, and like Goodell, yeah. Goodell ripped that and took it away from us, and you know, as we as we we're staring a fifth seven and nine season out of six years because of it, and I just yeah. feel like the golden age for the Saints should have been nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen, and Goodell stole that from mm-hmm. us. Yeah, and, sure. And we might live to be 80, 90 years old and never see another fucking quarterback and team as good as Drew Brees, and we got cheated out of a year. And that's the thing is, as a sports fan, to take one of those yeah. years away from me is as horrible a sin as you could commit yeah right i mean you could take any season away but when you take one away where you got a fucking hall of fame quarterback in his prime for a franchise that has has historically struggled that's a kick in the fucking nuts man yeah it is and i told people on twitter that by the end of this it would just be me and you ranting and raving and singing singing (laughs) irish ballads against saying fuck adele and read that's how it that's how it's ended people Go and buy his book, Bread and Circuses. He do- he documents Bounty Gate in a way you'll 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 be enraged, but you'll laugh, and it'll be good. It's five years away. Go and buy his book. He'll get like you 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 make like a dollar off of every buy. Right? Yeah, so, I think I make like four cents per book. So, but it's so, good. Uh... <laughs> but it makes him feel good. He works. The book is, and I don't just say this because he came in the pocket. It's phenomenal. Go to Amazon, Bread and Circuses, buy it. Okay, we're done. British lady, take us out. Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints History possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints history is hard. That's why God made alcohol.